The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. It's Friday, everybody. This this is IJ's theme music. This is your walk-up music. I'm telling you, the PP7 was incredible in that game. It was silent and deadly. <laughs> that describes you in so many different ways. Not the first person to say that. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a football Friday here it's on the Full Court football Press. Football Friday. We got Region Eleven football and beyond high school football. We're gonna get, tell you who's playing where, how you can follow along, how you can tune in and find out what's happening. A couple of homecoming games on the gridiron today. Uh, college football this weekend. Uh, could there be some juicy upsets or games worth paying close attention to? We'll uh, go through that, run through what's going on in the top 25. A brief glance at the Mountain West, because we're going to get more of that next hour, this week in the Mountain West, starting at about 5.30 here on the Full Court Press. And then in the NFL, week two for the professional guys. Uh, there was a game last night. It was an interesting one. Uh, we'll kind of dive into that a little bit and also look at what's on tap this weekend with some of the different games on the schedule. Uh, also on Fridays, we do our Friday Five Best. And today, you know, the uh, FIBA World Cup will be concluding this weekend. So we thought we'd do our Friday Five Best FIBA basketball players. Five Best FIBA World Cup players. Five Best FIBA World Cup. Say that five times fast. So uh, the championship game is now is set. We now know who's going to play in the championship. There were two games earlier today to determine who would play for the championship, who would play for third place. Uh, some controversy in one of those games. Um, Andrew Bogut, University of Utah grad. He's a NBA champion with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, the, the, and Australian team in general, a lot of people with the Aussies, very upset with some of the calls that went against them and it seems like they've got a bit of a history in matches against Spain in critical games that FIBA tends to favor Spain more than they do the Aussies. Maybe this is just a perceived we feel like we're slighted kind of a thing but um, as he is going to the court after one of the questionable calls uh, uh, Andrew Bogut is flashing signs like someone's getting paid. And Ooh. making signs like that to the uh, to the stands and to the referee table and to his teammates uh, as he's walking to the uh, the sideline, and then after the game, as he's walking through the media area, down the basically the tunnel, shouting obscenities about you know, someone's getting effing paid, and we know we're who 
where FIBA, ask where FIBA's world headquarters are. And he was really upset. Close game. It went to two overtimes. Spain got the win. Australia felt like they should have been in it. And on those 50-50 calls, they seem to more often than not go against Australia in favor of Spain. Here's the thing is that they were in it. They had a seven-point lead with like four and a half minutes left, and they just saw it disappear in the matter of minutes. By two minutes left, in about two and a half minutes, this game was was tied. Um, it's and I can, I don't know if the refs are getting paid, or if there really is a conspiracy that is that is uh, being brewed about well, refs the, versus the FIBA Aussies. headquarters are in Switzerland. I don't. <laughs> so that might be just I don't know sour what, grapes, right? Well, they've been in Switzerland for a long time. They changed cities in Switzerland, but. When I was looking, they were in Switzerland, so I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, I. And they only scored eight points. Well, they got outscored the final two quarters, third and fourth. Um, yeah, I don't know what he's. I'm not sure what he's talking about, man. And free throw wise, they only shot five more free throws than than Australia did. They were eighteen to twenty two at the line. Australia was 14 to 17. So, I mean, it wasn't like a drastic turnaround because of free throws. Look, you make those three free throws. Well, okay, never mind. I guess it wouldn't do much. We just cut it to 81 or 91. But they were, uh, I mean, dude, they were 10 of 38 from deep. That's not going to help you. Uh, it was a hard-fought game. A lot of NBA talent. A lot of good international talent on, on the floor for both teams. Man, Patty Mills, <laughs> if he goes to the championship, whether they win or lose, he's probably going to be named the MVP of this tournament. He's not. But he's, he's not in the championship. He's not in the championship. Well, that's what I'm saying. If he would have been in the championship, oh, I see whether win or lose, he would have been named the MVP. Uh, he has he was, to be in the MVP dude, discussion. he was so incredible throughout this tournament. And him, I got to be honest with you, watching him light up Greg Popovich's Team USA as a current player of the San Antonio Spurs, was kind of like, comical. I mean, dude, he was doing whatever he wanted to on that court in Game 2. In Game 1, he actually played really well, too. It's just hidden because they lost. But in Game 2, he was phenomenal. And he was really good throughout this tournament. I, I was really impressed with him. Uh, our, our boy Joe Ingles, 10... Uh, actually, yeah, sorry, 4 points, 7 assists, 10 rebounds. It's kind of interesting because... With Joe Ingles, he hasn't been the best scorer, but he's been the best all-around player. And that's a great way to put it. He, he, other guys will score more points than he does, and there may be some games where somebody gets more assists or more rebounds, but consistently doing a lot of things to help his team, he does it better than anybody that I've seen. I mean, just I haven't watched every game, obviously, but looking at what the recaps are and looking back through the box scores – this guy consistently is at the top on his team, near the top in rebounds, assists. He has nice production in scoring and steals. Very, very active on the court. His efficiency numbers are like super high every game. Yeah, I I was really impressed with him. Um, in Spain, dude, Ricky Rubio was great again. You know that that's a guy who, you know, gets pretty ridiculed in in regard to the NBA play just because he's not a great shooter. But come FIBA, I don't know what it is, man. He just turns it on. 
19 points, 12 assists, 7 rebounds. Where was four that, steals. man? Where was that four when you were steals. with Utah in four steals in 38 minutes of ball? Where was that when he was in Utah, man? He'd like, have games like that from time to time, but... But he's been consistently good in this FIBA tournament. Um, He was a monster in this FIBA tournament. I thought he was really good. He uh, had a couple nice dribble drives to the hoop. Uh, late in the game, was not afraid to be aggressive. Uh, that's something you love about Ricky Rubio. Made great decisions. I think it was in the fourth quarter. Um, he uh, he had a dribble at the top of the key, went left, stopped on a dime, and then found a bounce pass to Marcus Gasol, who, by the way, had 33. <laughs> found yeah. Marcus open for a wide-open dunk. best game so far. Oh, he was incredible. And then Ricky had a wide-open look, and instead of shooting it, found uh, Rudy Fernandez cutting underneath. I mean, it was a gorgeous. And it ended up, I think Rudy ended up missing the layup. But it's just stuff like that where you're like, man, Ricky really does have great vision. Now you saw why the Jazz were so in favor of him for so long. Um, but yeah, this Spain team, look, when you've been playing together for a while, it really helps. That's why Spain is in the position they are. That's why Argentina is in the position they are. Well, three of their starters are NBA guys. Yep. And they've got a couple other guys on the bench that um, have NBA experience. So it's it's a good club, and they're well known for having for playing good basketball. Yeah, I'd say so. And that's what's been really interesting about this whole tournament is the the NBA talent in this tournament overall. The anomaly to all this is Argentina. Argentina took down France today. And the way that they're doing it is just stifling defense. They have one guy that's, uh, he's not even on an NBA roster anymore. Used to be in Luis Scola. Now he's playing in China. He's 39 years old. He's really the only guy on their roster that has relevant NBA experience. And he's not on the NBA right now. So this is a squad of mostly guys that are playing in Europe and Spain, a lot of Real Madrid guys and different clubs in Argentina. But they've played together, and they're playing really good basketball together. And they took down France, a French team that's been really good, a French team that has multiple NBA guys on and, their roster. And they shut down one of the big, probably the best big man in the FIBA tournament, but one of the best in the NBA in Rudy Gobert. Three points, Eric. Three Measly points and 11 rebounds. Yeah, I have to give them credit for they, they knew. Dude, they found Keep a way. Keep the ball out yep. of Rudy's hands. Yeah, whatever you do. And they were physical with Rudy, too. They were not afraid to shove him around. <laughs> they were willing to do it. And and Rudy, you know, there's a little frustration on Rudy's face, wanting calls, not getting calls, um, not getting the touches he was hoping for. But, um, and uh, Nicholas Batum, three points. He wasn't great in 29 minutes of play. So out of your two starters who played 58 minutes of ball, six points. <laughs> that's that's not going to win you a ball game. No, that's not going to win the you any games. Yeah. No, it, it was a pretty close uh, game for certain stretches. But that fourth quarter, Argentina just really poured it on. Um. And they, 
Actually, it was the third quarter that created a lot of the separation. But give them credit. Great team. As a team that doesn't have really a lot of stars. Mm-hmm. Even Luis Scola. Yeah. He was in the NBA for a while, but it wasn't like a star. Mm-hmm. Didn't he play for the Rockets? Is that right? He was the Rockets guy. Yeah, he did play for the Rockets. That's right, man. He Matt... always annoyed me when he... Yeah, yeah I was about to say, see, him and uh, Vujicic for the Lakers looked just like... They looked like twins, and I, and I hated them both. <laughs> Back in 08, man, that's when basketball was so fun to watch. Yeah, times have changed. Like, when I look at some of these rosters, like Argentina's roster, <laughs> I think back to 08, you know, the Olympics. Spain was really good. They had Jose Calderon, Ricky Rubio, uh, Rudy Fernandez, Mark and Pau Gasol. And they were, oh, my heck, that team nearly beat Team USA in the gold medal game. I remember that. Uh, that was one of the better games ever in in World Cup or uh, in Olympic history in men's basketball. Um, yeah, just, man, it makes you flash back. France is... I mean that 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 team's gonna be back in the. I think they they're in the Olympics, right? They qualified, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yep, dude, they're gonna make a run at that gold medal. They'll, yeah, they will. I think they medal. Honestly, I think they do. There's, all all four of these these teams that are in the games on Sunday, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be contenders next year. Because in the title game, it's Argentina versus Spain. In the bronze medal match, it's France versus Australia. Mm-hmm. It, both of those teams have a lot of NBA talent. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, that, that World Cup is going to be no gimme. Or not World Cup, sorry, Olympics. Olympics. That will be that'll be a fun uh fun tournament to watch. That's in uh uh that's in It's in Tokyo. June? Next summer. July, right? Yeah. That's right. God, I can't wait for those things to start. Uh, but, uh, yeah, again, congrats to Argentina, congrats to Spain. That's not the final everyone expected, but that's the final people are going to be getting. Um, that's just how it is. It's how it is. I, but I'm, I'm sure Coach Snyder and, and Dennis Lindsay are, are excited to get their guys back, uh, which I think they're all done playing, right? Yep, Gobert, Ingles, Mitchell are all done. So they should be heading back. No. Gobert and Ingles play each other Sunday. Oh, for a third-place game. Yeah. That's right. Thank you. Yes, that's the early game. I forgot game. about that. And then the Argentina-Spain for the championship, that's the late game. And if you get up early, 6 a.m. on Sunday, you can see the uh, the gold medal match. Or just stay up really late, and you can see France-Australia at, like, I think it's about 2 a.m. Is that what time it is? Um. Yeah, that Jazz season, their exhibition or preseason games, I should say, star October 5th. And Team USA is not done. They play a game tomorrow morning. What? They play Poland. It's in the consolation bracket. The highest that they can finish is 7th. So if they win, they beat Poland, they finish 7th. If they lose, they're 8th. That would be three straight losses. That would be horrible. Think they show up for that? Yeah, they don't want to lose three straight. I bet Donovan goes for forty, just to, just because he's pissed. <laughs> I really, I could just see it. Like, you know what? I'm sick of you all. I'm just gonna put up forty. And I'm not saying sick of his teammates. Sick of the media. Sick of people ripping on the team. Puts up forty. They win by thirty. All right. We finished in seventh. Sue me. We'll see you in Tokyo in uh, 2020 when you're like, oh hey, 
Play a little salty. You guys did great. Shut it. And you know what? Those people who, like Rachel Nichols, will go back and be like, hey, Donovan, can we do an interview? No. <laughs> no. What do you want to interview me about? How bad I am at basketball because we didn't win the gold medal in FIBA? I mean, and dude, and anybody criticizing Donovan or Team USA, if they were to see Kemba or Jason Tatum or Donovan or whoever on this team, they'd be like, oh, can I get your autograph? Yeah, can I get a photo with you? I mean, that's the thing about Twitter is that it's a place where all the cowards go behind the, hide behind their uh, computer and pull their claws out. You know, it's, it's just, it's crazy. But when they meet them face to face, they, they're all son in love and it's crazy. Like when I worked in Salt Lake Radio, I found something out really interesting is that people would rip apart the host on the radio show. But then, like, when they do, like, live shows or whatever, radio remotes, they, they'd meet them. They're like, oh, I'm such a huge fan of you. <laughs> and I would know some of those people. I'd, I'd, like, I'd see them on Twitter ripping, you know, me or somebody else apart. And then, like, they, they, they'd come up to a live show and they'd be like, oh, hey, what's up? How are you? What's going on? I love your show. You, you guys, man, you're so funny. And I'd just be like, dude, go eat a moldy corn dog. That I does, just that does not sound good. Exactly. So, so, with this discussion about FIBA, FIBA, let's do our Friday Five Best because we want to look at uh, the five best players that have emerged in this tournament. Granted, there are still games to be played, and that may sway or change a few things in my rankings. But as of this moment. These are my five best. Ajay, you've got your five best put I together? I do, yep. So the five best players that have emerged out of the FIBA World Cup for 2019. Number five. I'm going to start with number five. Okay. And that's Evan Fournier of France. Uh, he's seventh overall in points per game, averaging 20.3 points per game. Doing a nice job beyond the three-point line, 40%. Uh, 3.6 rebounds, 3.4 assists, one steal. In a lot of different ways, he led the French team in a lot of games and very effective, very efficient player on the court for France. Yeah, uh, my number five is the exact same one, too. Uh, I think Evan is a very, very savvy basketball player. It's crazy when you see the difference between them playing in the NBA and them playing in FIBA and how much more comfortable some of those a lot of those foreign players are playing in FIBA, right? Yeah, that's a good point. It, it's really interesting to see that, and they just feel right at home. Ricky Rubio, Rudy Fernandez. Uh, I'll put I'll put Luis School on on that, on that list for sure as well, and and I put Evan on that list now too. When I watch Evan play in FIBA, I mean it's just the rhythm, the momentum, the confidence that he plays with, especially offensively. When he, he like he takes command of an offense, and that means so much to France. When you have a confident point, and he's just yeah, he's been incredible in these in these last few uh, in this last week or two, and so Evans, my number five, my number four is Ricky Rubio. Gosh, dang it, yeah, yeah. former Jazz man, uh, he's now going to be playing for the Phoenix Suns, but playing for the Spaniards, uh, he was the number number six overall so far in assists, uh, but beyond what he's doing with assists, about six and a half a game, he was also scoring the ball really well. 
uh, averaging about 16 points. The last three games, he's hit 19 points each time of the last three games. Uh, but he also grabbing rebounds, 4.3 rebounds a game, 1.7 steals per game. Uh, again, one of those players that's when he's on the court, he's helping his team out in a lot of different ways. And rookie Rubio's had himself a nice tournament. Yeah, my number four is the same guy, actually. And you read the numbers, which is a great job by you. I want to look at the defensive side, though, and how he's locked down a couple of really key guys. Uh, I thought he did a good job, uh, well, about as best a job as you could against Patty Mills. I mean, look, he still got his, and that's how it's going to be. Sometimes you play incredible defense, guy just hits a tough shot. Better offense beats better defense at times. A lot of great players can do that. And in regards to FIBA basketball, Patty Mills is a great player. But the fact that he's able to still kind of just stay with him step for step, make Patty Mills take those tough shots, is what you want out of your defensive point guard. And Ricky Rubio did just that. You've already read the numbers offensively. I think just the the fact that he puts his team in the right position every single play. I mean, again, it it helps that he's played together with him for so many years. But it's just, it's eye chemistry, right? Like, you know, in, in, in the NBA, I think you have to say something to somebody to make sure they know what they're doing. But... When you've played it with a guy forever, I think Kobe did it with Pau Gasol. Michael could do it with Scottie Pippen. Uh, Stockton and Malone were the exact same way. They could just look at each other, move the eyes, and you know exactly what's going to happen. And that's what he did with, like, Marc Gasol. That's what he did with, uh, with uh, gosh dang it. Um, Hernan Gomez. Thank you so much, yeah. And there were so many times where it was eye contact, I know where you're going to be. Ricky goes to the hole, finds... Uh, Finds his man, and I mean, it's a corner three. He's done that so many times, and I just, I think offensively, he really, uh, you like the numbers are great, but I just felt like his his IQ and his knowledge and how to put the team in the best position to score was what really stood out to me. Uh, number three on my list in our Friday five best five best FIBA players so far out of this tournament. I'm going with Bogdan Bogdanovich. Oh, good one. Serbia. Good uh, one. Fourth best in efficiency, fourth best in points per game, number one in three-point percentage, 51.9%. This guy's hitting more than half of his three-point shots on the tournament. Uh, But he also averaged 4.1 rebounds per game, 4.6 assists per game, and a little more than steal per game. So Bogdan Bogdanovich for the Serbians. Uh, that was kind of a surprise to see them fall the way they have. There was a lot of uh, expectations that it would be a U- Team USA versus Serbia gold medal match. And the the betting odds had USA 1, Serbia 2. Neither one of them are even in the top four in all this. So that's wow. a bit of a surprise the way that's played out. But it's not because Bogdan Bogdanovic has not played well. He has played a very, very good tournament. He's my number three. That's a good number three. In fact... On the FIBA basketball website, they had who, as of right now, should be the MVP of the FIBA. Leading is Bogdanovich at 40% right now. Uh, and he's actually a clear-cut runner. So, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good choice by you. Uh, my number three for me, again, comes from uh, Spain, and it's, it's Rudy Fernandez. Uh, Rudy's been – he's a veteran. In fact, he's been one of the mainstays for – uh, Spain for over the last decade or so. Uh, that big game that he had in the quarterfinals, which he had 16 points, including a five for five perfect uh, shooting night from beyond the arc, was it's just it's it's vintage Rudy Fernandez. Whenever he's on the court, it's it's just that calming influence that he has, the veteran leadership. 
Um, he, uh, in fact, I, I think he's, uh, I think he's a leader, at least in Spain's history, in regards of points scored and minutes played. It would be dang close, if I'm not mistaken. If I saw on a uh, on, on the screen today this morning, he's just he's a, he's a special player, and I think if, if Spain wins this thing, he's going to be one of the big reasons why. For a choice, uh, he has a KG veteran in FIBA play and international play. I had a really hard time deciding who was number one and who was number two. Okay, I went back and forth and back and forth. Ultimately, and this may. The ultimate decision here could change depending on what happens this weekend. But for me, as of this moment, number two on my list is Luis Scola. Uh, he's with Argentina, former NBA player. He's currently playing in China. But he is the number nine player in efficiency in this tournament. He's a number nine player in points per game. He's a number nine player in rebounds per game. And he's 14th in free throw percentage. He's done a lot of really key things for this Argentinian team that has surprised a lot of people and how well they're playing, and he's in the middle of all of it. And he's had a, a great tournament, had a tremendous game uh, earlier today against France that was a crucial part of how they were able to get past him, scored over 30 points in their game today. And uh, Luis Scola is my number two. Joe Ingles is my number two, and it's it, it's hard to... Man, I, I really liked Rudy, but just based on all-around influence all for the team on the game itself, Joe Joe ended up getting ahead of Rudy, uh, averaging 10.5 points per game, five almost six rebounds per game, and nearly six assists per game. I know he had a couple of duds in the back-to-back two-point games he had. He had that six-point game in the quarters, uh, He went and he went 0-4 beyond the arc in that one as well. But just on talent alone, Ingles is 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 number two. Crazy to say that. Crazy to talk about Joe Ingles being number two on my top five best FIBA players. That's nuts to me. I mean, you look at that guy and you're like, dude, church ball gym is just down the road, buddy. <laughs> but he's but he's been so good. In fact, him and the uh, I believe it was Tomas Santoransky uh, are the only players to be averaging. Uh, over five rebounds per game and five assists per game, and and if, so if the Australian Boomers do medal, it's gonna have to be Joe's gonna have to show up, which I would imagine he will. Um, by the way, that's gonna be a fun matchup. I can't wait for that. Yeah, I God, I'm excited about that. It was uh, a close game last time France and Australia played. Yeah, game. expect the same thing. That's gonna be a. I mean, expect the backcourt to be an absolute battle. Uh, but uh, again, Joe's my number two, and I think just. I, again, the influence he has on both sides of the court has been better than anybody else in the FIBA tournament. My top player in the FIBA World Cup tournament so far is the same as mine. Patty Mills. Yep. The dude has been on fire from the word go. Uh, he's 14th overall in efficiency, number one in points per game. He's number five in assist to turnover ratio. So he's been very smart with the ball. Uh, he's 13th in free throw percentage. I mean, the guy's averaging 24 points a game on a team that's got a lot of guys that can score and produce, but he's also rebounding, he's assists, uh, assisting, he's averaging over four assists per game, and he's got takeaways in almost every game too. So uh, Patty Mills has just been so dynamic for the Aussies, or for the Boomers, as they like to be called. 
Um, but uh, Patty Mills, for me, he's the number one guy in this tournament. That makes two of us. Uh, remember in game two when Greg Popovich was stood helpless on the sideline watching one of his own guys torch his USA team to the tune of, what was it, 30-something points? I mean, just ran that defense ragged. I mean, curls, screens, cuts, rovers, baseline. I mean, he did every. I mean, he took those guys on a track meet, and they couldn't keep up. And by the way, he did it to three different guys. Don, Kemba started, Donovan tried it, uh, and Joe Harris about puked. I mean, they just could <laughs> not keep up with Patty. And then Patty would, I mean, he'd pull up to the top of the three, hit a three. Pull up to the left wing, bang, good. Pull up to the right wing, hit it. Then pull up to the top of the key in. Guy thinks he's going to pull up for a three. He'll pump fake, stop, pull to the free throw line, hit the, you know, hit the jumper. Then he'll go all the way to the hoop, get a lefty layup to go. I mean, did everything. The whole entire repertoire was shown in an exhibition game. So the whole entire world saw it, and then they couldn't stop it in the FIBA tournament. It still didn't matter. I mean, he, I, yeah, dude. Ever since the exhibition, he was like on this rampage um, where he wanted to prove that he belonged. For some reason, he didn't feel like he belonged. So he went out there and then put everybody on notice and, and almost had like this hit list of point guards that he just wanted to embarrass. And by gosh, he did it. It was incredible, Eric. That was one of the... That's, I really wish he would have been in the championship because I would have loved to see what he could have done against that Argentina squad. If I would, and I dare say he'd put up thirty plus again on them with no, without even breaking a sweat. I don't know if they win, but he put up thirty plus without breaking a sweat. Uh, yeah, Patty Mills has had a tremendous, tremendous tournament. If Luis Scola has another tremendous game in the championship, he, for me, he has to be the number one guy, the best player on the best team been the most impactful for Argentina. Uh, that would vault him ahead of Patty. Um, but it, this was really hard uh, to, to look at this because I, I wanted to get Rudy in my top five. You got Joe Ingles in there. I looked long and hard at getting Joe Ingles in there. Uh, but clearly they're in, the, in my top ten. Well, we do Easily in my top what's ten. This, what's the one thing we don't that we do have in common with this list? What's one well, thing we had a couple that were the same, but I think I know where you're going. There's no Americans. How many? Nobody times, from Team USA is in the top five. How many times do you think we'll do that in our lifetime? Hopefully I mean, not very yeah, many times. Yeah. I, it's, it's just crazy that not even Donovan Mitchell, who played outstanding in those games, didn't even make our list. And honestly, he wasn't even a thought. I honestly grazed over his name. I was like, nah, I got someone over here. That, that that to me just I, I got done and I looked at you and I remember just saying, I don't have any Americans on my list and you said, Not me neither. <laughs> <laughs> That's just incredible. I I mean Kemba Walker had a decent tournament. Oh yeah. Uh Donovan Mitchell had a had a decent tournament. He had some games where he was a little bit quieter. Harrison Barnes had a decent tournament for the Americans. But that's just it. They were decent. They weren't great. A lot of these other guys, they had great moments. They had great games consistently, regularly. And we just didn't see that very much out of Team USA. Kemba Walker, 
had several really good games. Donovan had a couple really good games, but consistently for the tournament, I don't. I don't think I can make that same claim. I don't. I don't think I can say that. No, I would agree. Yeah, I'd agree. Which is, um, I don't know. It's it's just different. I mean, 2019 basketball is different when you when you're competing against the world. Now, again, if you put. I mean, take our best NBA players, right? And, I mean, do we make it happen? Probably, We're probably playing on Sunday or, I mean, in the championship. We probably are. There's a pretty good chance. Yes. But just, I mean, you just saw. In fact, let me ask you this. You put this Team USA the way it was competing in the FIBA tournament together. Do they make the Eastern Conference playoffs? Eastern Conference, yes. Do they make Western Conference? No. Me neither. I think they'd be a uh, a really good team, but do they make the Western Conference playoffs? I mean, I don't know. Maybe they might. It'd be a dogfight, but they might. They'd easily make the Eastern Conference playoffs. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Uh, what does this tournament overall do for the NBA? Put them on notice. Uh, you know, it's it's fun. I think Adam Silver loves it. I really, I think he, I think, in fact, I listened to a podcast that David Stern on it, and they asked him about the 92 Olympics, you know, and, and having, you know, these NBA players come on there, um, and they loved it. They absolutely adored it. And, and David Stern talked about, you know, it, it kind of brought the world to the NBA in regards to fans and attendance and people on TV. Everybody wanted to see Michael Jordan play on TV now they saw him in person. Everybody wanted to see what Magic Johnson and what, you know, Clyde Drexler and Charles Barkley is one of the big fan favorites. They all wanted to see these guys on TV, and they all wanted to find a way to bring, get basketball in their country to see that. And I think that's what it does here. I think it's what it's going to do next year is it's going to continue to increase the popularity of the NBA around the world. And I think it will encourage... Um, countries, or I guess like, for example, London, to have more basketball games in London. Have an exhibition there. Players don't like it. They hate the travel. They hate the long, you know, the whole long commute there. Play game, come back, and they have to get back into the, you know, the, I guess the the habit of playing a normal basketball game. But it's, it's, it's about the world. And that's what the NBA has been trying to accomplish for so long, is to be able to showcase their talent to the world. And now that you can do it on TV, it's great, but it's time to bring more excitement, and that's why they want to do it in person. I think this does just that. Yeah, and I think that not having Team USA involved in the third-place game or even the championship game, while that stinks for Americans, I think that creates a, a, a certain degree of hope and excitement around the world for other teams and other countries. Like, look, I can be. I don't have to live in America to have a great basketball experience. I can be in this country, play with some great talent at the at the highest level, and maybe it's not the highest level. The NBA is the highest level, but I can play at a high level and have success and and get noticed and have opportunities to have a medal around my neck. Where for a long time it was, unless you were in in the United States. That was going to be hard to come by. Yeah, yeah, no, and uh, everybody was playing for the leftovers. I love the balance that it has now around the world because it makes it more fun. 
Look, and I think I agree with you, and I and I think it's what you were trying to say or what you did say, but um, not having the U.S. in the championship is, it, to be quite honest with you, is a good thing. I, I mean, it's good for the game of basketball. It is. It's not it, good for America. No, it's not. But it's good but, for basketball. But it's good for basketball, and to be honest, it's good for the NBA. Because in the championship, you're not going to see Team USA. You're going to see guys that maybe you haven't heard of that are in the NBA. Guys who are just, you know, you're like, oh, he plays for that team? I had no idea. You know, it, it, it's good for the world. And, it, I mean, does it suck not to, to, to not be in the championship? Absolutely. It, it's a bummer. But, again, we get to see showcasing talent of other great players. Um, and, again, it, honestly, it was a win-win for the NBA, man. If the Americans yeah. made it, great. If they didn't, there's going to be other NBA players who are going to be in it, and it's going to bring attraction to, again, back to the NBA basketball when the regular season gets underway. And this is only going to hype Tokyo 2020 oh, to a whole new level. Oh, my gosh, yeah. A whole new see, level. And that's what's underrated, Eric. That's a really, really great point you bring up. That is an underrated thing. Is International that Olympic Committee needs to cut the Americans a big fat check for just how interesting they're going to made Tokyo twenty twenty so. basketball yeah, tournament. Because and remember, there's like that whole vengeance thing where they're like, oh, because I think it was Charles. Who was it? Was it Barkley who said it? Um, in eighty four, eighty eight. No, it was eighty eight when they lost the uh, when they lost in the Olympics to Russia. And like it, it ticked a bunch of the guys off that didn't make it. David Rom, David Roms was upset. Oh, uh, actually, no, he made it, but he lost. But Charles Barkley was livid. Uh, John said he'd washed it, and it frustrated him. And there's all these guys who weren't a part of that, and were like, "We're gonna go get this in four years, and we're gonna go do it with a emphatic statement." And I mean, a 56 point win margin won't hurt you at all but <laughs> right because all the other countries were sending their professional yeah, players but and, and, the and, they, and they were just you're a mocking u.s they thought it was funny they thought it was hilarious how they'd beaten up on u.s and so u.s all right well you want to play that game here's jordan here's magic here's bird here's director here's barkley good luck and I mean, they just i mean they went on this torrid rampage in, in in the in the Olympics and just dominate anybody in their sight. In so much that teams will be like, "Hey, before you beat us by 120, can we get a quick photo?" Yes, absolutely. Let's yeah. do it now. Get over here and let me beat the crap out of you. Yeah. And I think that's what's going to happen next. You're like, when Harden comes back, he knows it and he's hearing about how you no, know, he's being called a sellout. Russell Westbrook, everybody who's not playing right now who wants to be a part of it next year who will make the team. And I think some of these guys, like Donovan Mitchell, who might make it now. Oh, I think he's definitely in. Kemba's on it. And when you'll hear the, com- the the statements we talked about yesterday, Jerry Colangelo, yeah. who's the director of Team USA ba- uh, Basketball Operations, and putting the teams together, he, his statement was, I'm not thinking about who might be on the team, but who will not be on the team. So clearly it's on his mind who he doesn't want to extend an invitation to because... He could have used their services, and he doesn't believe their reasons were valid as to why they backed out. So it's yeah. definitely on his mind who he does not want to. And invite. I'm just—I I mean, but with like Donovan coming over, he's just—you know—Donovan wants that back. He wants to run oh, it back. Yes. So probably worse than any other player on that basketball team. He wants to run it back in Tokyo, and I think Popovich realizes that. I think that's why Donovan makes this squad, and that's why I think U.S. Just trashes everybody next year. I really think that. We'll see, but I, I like the U.S.'s chances. All right, coming up next here in the Full Court Press, so the FIBA World Cup's been going on in China. 
And apparently some interesting posters were discovered in a gym in China about some NBA players. Uh, we'll, we'll discuss what this, what was seen, what was revealed. If you followed me on Twitter in the last 24 hours, you've seen it. Uh, we'll just leave it at that. When we come back, we'll discuss <laughs> which, which of these of these different posters you might fit in, to, which would more aptly describe you and your habits. Are we really going to talk? Okay. I mean, I'm willing to talk about it. I just don't want Mr. Salty, whoever you know that is, coming so, up. Hey, well, hey, you guys talking about something inappropriate. We'll talk about that next. Coming up on the Full Court Press. I'm 75. It's-, it's the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson, it's the Full Court Press. So, FIBA World Cup is going on in China. Somebody saw an interesting couple of posters that were hanging up in a bathroom in a gym in China. And the on one it says, how NBA player P. <clears throat> I think it's meant to be how NBA players P. Anyway, if your dad comes in storming his office, it has, I have nothing to do with this conversation. Six different NBA players. I'm innocent. And how they may approach the urinal based on their play on the court. So LeBron James, known as a very strong physical guy, he's like destroying the urinal. Steph Curry, he's not even in the picture. It just shows this high arching stream because <laughs> he's. Shooting it from far out. If you want to know the photo, by the way, go to uh, Twitter at E. Franson. He has it. Oh my god, it's, it's so, so funny. So I got tagged oh, on Twitter. So and I was funny. like, "What is this?" And and you're right. It was. I mean, there's James the, Harden the, is like the second set of photos is pretty away. good. Yeah, he has like a step back on his piece. Oh, and it has a little swirl as it's going. The best is LeVar Ball standing behind Lonzo Ball, like holding him to like try to help him direct his shot, and it shows that he's missing all over the place. The second one, the second set of photos is my favorite, though. The second one has Shaq just full blasting into the urinal. I mean... The second set is how NBA legends pee. And then you have Magic Johnson with the no leak... The no look P, <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a Tempe Matumbo. <laughs> He's standing in front of a player, in front of the urinal. It's like it's hitting him in his hand, and he's like, "No, no, no!" no, no. Shaking his finger. You, oh. you have Kobe Bryant. I don't know <laughs> why Kobe's. T- He's like fading away or something. And he's hitting two urinals at once. <laughs> and then Alan Iverson just bounces all over the place and ends up back in the urinal. <laughs> Michael Jordan, you just see his shoes from up above, Air Jordan. <laughs> oh, that's Michael. I didn't even realize, dude. I thought that was Kobe hitting <laughs> two was urinals. an extension of Kobe. Oh, dude. I, yeah, I really did. I was like, why is Kobe hitting two urinals? I don't get this. <laughs> that's Jordan. That's Air Jordan. Oh. Floating above the urinal. I love the Gordon Hayward one. It's just short, and he's having and he's holding a crutch. He's on crutches. Kyrie but he has is, gray hair and a gray beard. I don't Kyrie's know why. Is banking. 
<laughs> Why? Why is he even? Can't why is he even in the? Can he in? Oh you know what this gosh. makes me want to do is go home and get a backboard from my. Yeah, see the the urinal has a little. Like Which a one am I? Backboard like the little square glass where you can. <laughs> where you shoot for? Oh boy! So wait, is LeBron James and Shaq the same? Uh, they're very similar. Shaq has his like <laughs> legs up on the glass. It's straddling the backboard. But both of them have like the backboard being crushed because <laughs> of their power. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, speak, speaking so. of PP sevens. <laughs> We should be playing the 007 <laughs> music right now. <laughs> now I want you to stare at that photo as you hear the gunshots. <laughs> okay, so AJ, which one would you be based on your, <laughs> well, based on your bathroom to, habits? According to, my 20, according to my 33 years of experience in the league as a veteran now. I would say, I'd say uh, probably Lonzo Ball. <laughs> hey, and then, uh, are you? Uh, that reminds me. You remind me there with you. my kids, my boys. <laughs> oh. Wait, who's you? Uh, LeBron James. <laughs> Your wife has got to be ticked. <laughs> she, she hates it in the middle of the night. Oh, you got to be so loud. I'm out. I'm out. I can't do it anymore. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Full Court Press, Eric France and Ajay Salveson. We have collected ourselves. Hey, it's Friday the 13th. You know, I didn't even think about that until this morning when I jumped off with Dave Denton to talk about high school football. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's Friday the 13th. What do you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah, are you superstitious in that regard? This is Friday the 13th theme music, by the way. Yeah. Makes me scared. Uh, not really. No. I think when I was younger, I was a little bit. But, um, and I think it was more of a thing when I was younger. Maybe it still is for some people, but. Nah, not for me anymore. Black cat crosses in front of me. No big deal. I walk under ladders all the time. But uh, Friday the 13th, for some people, that is a very superstitious day. A lot of different high school games on a Friday the 13th. Uh, Boy, there's some big ones. We'll get into a little bit more detail coming up next hour into the different games going on in high school, college, and the NFL. Busy weekend. But tonight, really big matchup 
going on in Smithfield. Skyview versus Green Canyon. For me, that is the number one game to pay attention to. Uh, Green Canyon is 4-0. and Skyview is 3-1. and Question about what Skyview is going to do. Mason Falslove hurt his shoulder. Uh, how long will he be out? What will they do without him? How will they look? It's a grudge match anyway between those two schools. Kind of a little rivalry there. Uh, I think the uh, Ridgeline uh, and Bear River game is interesting. Two schools that are kind of in the middle trying to figure themselves out to chance to move ahead a little bit. And then the other game is out in Mountain Crest. And by the way, it's a homecoming game for Ridgeline. And then the game at Mountain Crest is Logan and Mountain Crest. Two teams really in search of something to get going for them to find something to build upon. Both of those teams have have struggled. Uh, Mountain Crest has not been able to get a win yet. Uh, Logan got one when they played Preston. And they looked really good in that game. Uh, Mountain Crest has been close in a lot of their games. So it just seems like both of those teams looking for something to start to gain traction for their clubs. Yeah, let's start with the big one tonight, Green Canyon and Skyview. That might be the best game in the state of Utah, for sure the 4A classification at least tonight. Uh, Green Canyon undefeated. Skyview's reigning region uh, 11 champs. Uh, they they come in with a lot of swag, but they have no Mason Falls of tonight. I think that bodes very well for Green Canyon, even if it is at Skyview. Uh, Green Canyon's defense has been staunch. They have, I mean, they are limited opponents on the running game, the passing game offensively. To see their quarterback turn running back, or I mean running back turn quarterback, has been something impressive. Tanner Watson on the receiving side of it uh, has been incredible. I, they just they got something special brewing there. Uh, and their defense, too. I mean, their defense. we don't <clears throat> spend enough time talking about how good their defense has been. That's what I said. Yeah, well, yeah, th- that's been a real big surprise for, for Green Canyon, some of the changes that they made and just how well they've been consistently. Yeah. So uh, that's going to be heard <clears throat> in two different places. Yes. Here on 106.9 The Fan, 1390 AM, uh, and on 100.9 FM. Uh, Hurricane John Newbold and Rex Davis will be on the call for both. Uh, Mountain Crest and Logan will be kind of interesting. Both teams in desperate need of a, a win. Both teams need to desperately start off on the right foot in Region 11 play. Whether they can do that, we'll see. I, I, I don't see that being a high-scoring game, um, maybe a low offensive output. I don't know how the defenses will fare. Uh, that'll be on 107.7 FM. With uh, you and, and AJ, AJ yep. and on KVNU, 610 AM, 102.1 FM. Uh, Bear River Ridgeline. Ridgeline scores a lot of points. Bear River's been inconsistently consistent. So, I don't know how that's going to turn out. Yeah, the Bear River will be on 104.9 in Box Shelter County. Ridgeline, 104.5 in Cache County. Dave Simmons on the call for the Riverhawks. Tommy Sorensen on the call for the Bears. Um, big games for them. And uh, a lot of other games for Preston and Westside. We'll get at all that coming up next hour. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Last night, we got to see a battle of former number one overall picks at QB when Jameis Winston and the Bucks took on Cam Newton and the Panthers. It wasn't pretty. Newton struggled, Winston a little better, leading Tampa Bay to the victory. But it sure seems like both quarterbacks are at a crossroads. We don't know if Cam will ever be fully healthy and return to the MVP form that he had in 2015. And the Bucks seem hesitant to make a long-term commitment to Jameis. Once again, we're reminded that there's no sure thing. Look at other former number one picks. Andrew Luck retired this offseason. Baker Mayfield was great as a rookie, struggled in week one for the Browns. Jared Goff looks great at times, but I'm not sure NFL experts are sold on him either. All of these guys are a subtle reminder. It takes a lot more than just talent to have consistent success. 
This is a brutal league, an unforgiving one, a lesson several top picks have learned in recent years. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. 